Welcome to MTSU on the Record. I'm Jenna Lowe. In mid-March 2022, Dr. Sean Foley, a professor of history, and John Merchant, chair of the Department of Recording Industry, combined their efforts to create a music festival and symposium in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. Foley put to use his knowledge of the independent music scene in the kingdom, as well as his expertise in the Middle East and Islam. Merchant provided his knowledge of staging live musical entertainment. Our guests are Sean Foley and Ragad, a Saudi disc jockey who contributed her talents to the festival. We'll begin after this. Here are some of the headlines making news at mtsunews.com, the university's news and information website. The MTSU Solar Boat Team received major awards from judges evaluating the 2022 Solar Splash Competition held recently in Springfield, Ohio, placing fourth overall. The Blue Raiders captured first place honors in the categories of Outstanding Workmanship, Outstanding Hull Design and Drivetrain Design, and third place in the 300-meter Sprint event. Solar Splash is the world championship of collegiate solar boating taking place across five days at Champions Park Lake adjacent to the Clark County Fairgrounds. And MTSU has taken its first steps toward changing the narrative about aging from the negative to the positive. The university's inaugural Positive Aging Conference welcomed about 100 participants to the Miller Education Center June 10th for a day of upbeat speeches and conversations about growing older in America. Keynote speaker Julie Sweetland of Frameworks Institute explained how sociological experiments designed to detect implicit bias against older persons help activists understand society's attitudes toward them. Sweetland proceeded to call for changing the language used in public discourse from one of exclusion and paternalism to one of inclusion and possibilities. For MTSU News at any time, go to mtsunews.com. Sean Ragad from the United States and Saudi Arabia, respectively, thank you for being with us on MTSU on the record. I appreciate it. Thanks to you for having me. And thank you for having me again for another time. I've always enjoyed having interviews with you, Jenna. I found your questions to be um, excellent um, and also ones that make me think further about my own work. Thank you, as always, Sean, and I hope I'll be able to come up with a few improvisational riffs here for you. Sean, how did Ragad and you meet? We'll start with that. It actually involves John and my wife, Carrie. We had just arrived at uh, Jeddah's International Airport. It was a long trip from the United States, from um, Nashville. And when we went through, um, she was working at the tourist counter. We were getting SIM cards, but also my wife looked at her passport and it wasn't stamped fully correctly. So my wife and I were already tired. They offered us some terrific dates, and if you've never tried Saudi dates, I highly, I, you have to get some, and even more so Saudi coffee. And so she took my wife back with her, back into um, the customs area, back to go talk to the officials. She gave her instructions on how to do it. It worked out beautifully. It, after some conversations, both in English and in Arabic, and she speaks both fluently, where my wife was able to get that stamped as part of the sort of interactions about getting a SIM card and getting these other things. The question came up, kind of, what do you do? And she said, I'm a DJ. We looked and we're going, oh, this is a good coincidence. We're yeah. interested in music as well. And for someone who, would, who realized that music was there, it was a fantastic opportunity to realize literally the minute we step into the country, literally we're past customs, we're officially in the country. Who do we meet? We meet a young 
female musician. She's performing in front of incredible crowds. Other DGs I know from the history of Saudi DJs like her work as well. It's a, an amazing thing to see. It was just a, a, a moment of luck. At the beginning of the broadcast, we, we, before as we were setting up, Jenna, you talked about Baraka. We talked about the sort of blessings about when, that we had interacted. And that was exactly what had happened to us. And I could not have been happier. It was a terrific start to a trip. And it set the stage for everything that would subsequently happen. She was a, a star. We just happened to be at the right place at the right time. Uh, I think uh, our meeting was distant. And I'm really proud that we've come a long way to this. And um, the work that you've done and part of what I'll be doing, more writing, I've written a lot of things. Um, I, I look forward to sharing the world and with my students what you're doing. After Sean described what he was trying to do in Saudi Arabia, what convinced you to participate? Mr. Sean's work that includes or was a part of uh, our religion and our uh, tradition here and culture. It was very amazing to me to be a part of a, of a job uh, that includes also my um, culture and my country and my city. I really enjoyed even working with a person that who knows uh, about us more than anybody else. And we worked together. Uh, suddenly it came a very beautiful work. I'm, I'm really proud of what we've done. And I'm sure we can, we can do more, more of that. Uh, we're just getting started. And I should note, one of the things that, that she, she points to is that nothing is done alone. And that I've learned a lot about the kingdom in part because Saudis like her have been exceptionally generous with their time so that I can ask questions. I can, you know, ask a question, say, is that right? And then they'll share things and share parts of the world. And again, I should note, I've been working on this for a long time. One of the interviews we did previously, Jenna, was about this book, Changing Saudi Arabia, Art, Culture and Society in the Kingdom. And yeah. it was a great interview, um, Jenna. You read it well. You understood. You asked great questions. And it was actually, just as this process was unfolding, actually translated into Arabic as well. But again, and, and it was an amazing moment when on that same trip, you know when your work is, is read by your colleagues and peers. And I'd given papers at conferences. It had been reviewed in journals happily favorably. But when I, I went to um, a major art institute, Hi Jamil, which is where the concert was held, before we set up the concert, I actually met one of their employees who, much to my delight, was actually reading my book with no idea that I was coming that day. It was an That's amazing perfect. moment. And she had left her desk. She didn't know that I knew that she was reading it. She left her desk and I took the liberty of writing her a note in the book saying that I, the author of it, and I ran into her later and I said, have you seen what I, what I wrote in my book? And she thought I was talking about the ideas. And she said, yes. And I said, are you certain? And then she ran over and it was a, a wonderful shout of delight when she read, when she looked at that I'd signed the book to her. And to me, it was an enormous a moment of pride and thanks that a, a Saudi, someone interested in the arts, would looked at my book about their country to understand it. It was an amazing moment. And it meant why I need to continue talking uh, to people like your, our guests today, because they teach me things um, that help explain the world in better ways. Not only, I should note, to my colleagues in the field and people who read my books, but also to my students at, my, at, at MTSU as well, where I where it's, of course, important what I do as well. And was the festival a, a one-day affair or a multi-day affair? It was actually a concert. It was a one-day affair, and it was built um, on, on a grant. Last summer, um, I was actually, um, I made a promise to write an article about a, a singer from Kuwait named Plus Aziz who lives in New Orleans in the United States. 
He'd actually founded a band called Kuwaitiana, Kuwait and Louisiana linked together. And I'd written that article as part of the conversation for that article. I actually promised him to do it back in 2019. So this is two years later, I had to get this article written. We started talking again about Saudi Arabia because I was updating the chapter for the tra- for this book that was going to be translated to talk about it. And we were talking about music in the kingdom. And I, I wrote about that and I got really interested in a number of the new people in the kingdom. And I decided to include that in the article about Plus Aziz, about make it a broader article about music in the kingdom, including Wall of Sound, which is an independent music label um, that in Ragad's uh, home city of Jeddah, the first independent Saudi label, wrote that article. It got a lot of attention. It was also translated into English, into Arabic. And a month after it came out, the end of, I think it was the end of July of last year, I get a contact from a grant funder that said, we really like this article and we would like to turn that into a grant where we'd like you to evaluate what the music scene is like in Saudi Arabia. Could you do it? And again, learning that nothing is done alone, I realized, okay, this is something that's interesting. I know something about the art. But we have a very strong uh, recording industry, um, again, department headed by John Merchant, one of the best in the world. And I said to myself, if I'm going to do this, I should probably talk to them. I should probably get an idea from them. So out of the blue, I called the department and, and spoke to John. And I said, is this something you're interested in? John said, yes, he was. And by the early October, we had the grant. By December, um, we were in Saudi Arabia. And as part of that grant included two things. The first was producing a concert, um, which is the one that Rakhad was involved in. And the second was doing an academic, a, a small academic symposium. And also talking to different musicians and artists and people associated with the, with the music industry in the kingdom to write a report, a sort of needs assessment. Where is the music industry? Where is it going? Where are its needs in the future? And that's how that came about. It was a one-day event at a place called High Jamil, which is a new artistic collaboration. It's not just visual arts, but other things as well in Jeddah as well. And they have a terrific stage. It's amazing. And we'll learn more about it in just a moment. This is MTSU on the Record. The American Democracy Project is a nonprofit initiative which strives for greater voter registration and civic participation among young people at MTSU and at campuses nationwide. Through encouragement from professors and peers, young adults are shown the value of being more active citizens in their community, their state, and their nation. ADP seeks to nurture programs that raise the campus community's level of engagement with society. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. Tennessee's farm families contribute to our state's economy, nutrition, and culture. The Tennessee Century Farms Program at MTSU's Center for Historic Preservation acknowledges farms that have been in the same family at least 100 years. To date, the program has certified more than 1,500 farms. There's no cost to nominate a farm or be part of the program. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. We're back with Dr. Sean Foley, who is a professor of history, and Ragad, who was a disc jockey in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. And we're talking about a festival and symposium that was held in mid-March in Jeddah that uh, showcased some of the contemporary music acts in Saudi Arabia. Ragad, what sorts of entertainment were part of the festival? There were actually uh, singers, um, drummers, uh, guitarists, a DJ, and also terrific Mr. Uh, John Merchant behind the engineering. We also had this adorable chats 
and um, we talked uh, through everything that goes in the music industry that time. Just can you describe some of the uh, particular acts, two or three of the acts that played in the concert? Yeah, there was a part with uh, a band for Hamza Hausawi. He's a pop uh, singer. He won, an, I think, an, an award in a, a concert or singing show. Expatter, yeah, yeah. I know him already from before. He's very familiar in the country with his terrific uh, angelic voice. And I used to be a fan, actually. And it was actually very fun for me to work with them behind uh, their music. Hamza is a very good friend of a, of a comedian who I wrote about named Halid Moss, who's also from Jeddah as well. I'd had a terrific interview with him where he talks about all different types of things that go into his comedy. He knew Hamza very well. And he said to me, you know, you, your first book was a good book. And I had a long discussion about him. And we had a long, terrific interview about a variety of cultural and social issues that inform his jokes and, and American comedians who he's been inspired by. He said, but you need to work with, you need to look at Hamza and some of these other singers. And I got really lucky because there was a major music conference in December the same trip um, where I met um, our guest. And I was invited to go to that. It's the first major music industry conference. Hamza actually performed there. It also had a large, also a large conference that over 150,000 people attended on a given day. During that conference, I got to meet Hamza, who was a friend of, of Halit Moss's, also Wassam Omran, as well as a whole bunch of other people who were involved around Hamza as manager and others who were involved in working with it. And I realized that these were the people who I wanted to work with, particularly as, as I said correctly, Ham, um, um, Hamza is in terrific angelic voice. He was one of our headliners for that show. And we knew that we could work with him. And both him and his team were absolutely essential to putting together the, this, um, this concert. They were the people who we worked to, who we helped find vendors and other types of things, deal with other situations as well. Wasim Omran comes himself comes from um, a, long a long family of people who have worked in the, both his sisters and others who have been involved in music. He himself is a performer and helped us work this together. And he played a key role. He's an, an organizer, a scheduler, who's one of the, the rising stars um, in the kingdom. Uh, if you want to know the music industry, he's at the top of your list. What have you learned from Hamda and the other artists about the broader state of the uh, music industry and the recording industry in Saudi Arabia, Sean? First, it is changing exceptionally fast. That's one of the first yeah. things. Remember, yeah, I mean, it, remember, and I, I should back up and explain two things to your audience. First of all, the, Saudi Arabia has a long and distinguished tradition of musicians, particularly from the air, uh, from Jeddah and the area around it. Talamada, for instance, Muhammad Abdur. These are these are important names. Am I right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Sir. Yeah. But to make sure that with my, with the Saudi here, I'm getting that right. We've had an enormous impact not only in the musical tradition within the kingdom, but also the wider Arab world. These are names that are are widely known. But Saudi Arabia had a, had a has a conservative religious tradition and had for a variety of reasons, um, music was not as much part of public space um, from the late 1970s until the last couple of years where there was a, a reform program called Vision 2030, important economic and social and cultural reform program in the kingdom. And that cultural reform program included music. So the first time in recent years, music began to emerge in public space. It wasn't something you would see in public up until quite recently. So from the late 70s, there would be music on television, for instance, but not necessarily music that you would see live concerts, certainly nothing like the one 
that I went to with over 100,000 people at, or even in, in Frank, even like the concert that we had at High Jamil. And so in recent years, this has emerged. And the first thing to say is it is moving very, very quickly and that it's becoming an opportunity, for instance, a, a cultural society, for instance, where women would wear the veil and other types of things. And th this has now become a context where women don't have to wear the veil in public, for instance. It's a significant social transformation. There's an Arabic pop music, a golf pop music, traditional Arab music is flourishing, but also you'll have classical music. People are interested in that. People are also interested in rock and other types of music. All these things are emerging at once and it's happening in a hurry. Every time I go onto Instagram or Twitter, I find something new. It's scary to study even when you're there or especially from afar because you get the feeling that things are changing so quickly that even if I write and publish something today, it will be out of date by the time it's published. Based on what Sean just said, Raga, do you get the idea that this is something that people in the kingdom have been hungering and thirsting for for quite some time? Yes, uh, me and myself. With you yourself, but also audiences, because people show up. If it were not lucrative and profitable, then, then people would not show up too, right? Apparently, this is something that has widespread popular appeal. Yeah, and I also have to let you know that our government has been uh, giving us a course for music production, sound engineering, and DJ skills, and vocal uh, engineering. Uh, it was um, actually from the Commission of uh, Music. And I, I'm, I'm one, I graduated from one of them. And after I finished, I continued my passion to it. Can I add one thing? She mentioned the Music Commission, which is part of the Ministry of Culture, which yes. is a recent thing. It has, I think, 10 or 11 different commissions by itself. All this, Jenna, is just started in the last year, year and a half. It makes a natural linkage. I'm fortunate to be able to teach at Middle Tennessee State University. And I should note, by the way, that when we won this grant through the State Department, that Middle Tennessee State University supported it. Um, John Sousa, for instance, is, and his staff, along with Don McCormick in that office, have been exceptional working as well, making certain, for instance, that musicians like our guests, for instance, get paid for their services and paid fairly. That was something that's important. We're a music city. We're an area of enormous amount of music, not only in country music, for which we are famous, but also spiritual music, classical music. All different types of music are part of here, and there's a natural linkage between the flourishing of music um, that we're seeing in Saudi Arabia and Saudi Arabia, that there's an enormous linkage back and forth. Rocket, what was your impression of the way the concert went off based on your professional experiences? I mean, I'm talking about uh, acoustics, the sound system, security, every, every aspect. It was well served, Jenna. I can't say no more because I felt like uh, where I belong and also uh, my colleague artists, I've talked to them about that. They're very, very happy about this, the Hai Jamil contribution that we had. They were very happy to connect uh, the West to the Middle East. Hai Jamil is, is part of a foundation. Um, again, it's important. Uh, the Jamil family is very, very, Abdul Latif Jamil, very important family uh, on car dealerships, but also that that family has made an enormous contribution, a private contribution to the development of the visual arts in the kingdom. Um, my first book at my on the Saudi art community talked about them at length, but also they also wanted to make a contribution to music. It was something that they were interested in. And when I came to them, they said, yes, we want to work with you. 
we want to learn more about the music. And part of the point of doing is that we, when, when John and I walked in to visit their, this foundation and this center they built, High Jamil, it just opened late last fall. We realized their courtyard um, where the concert took place would be a perfect place that we could do it on an evening for a concert. It was well lit. It had good sound. It wouldn't bother the neighbors if we had the concert, always important. And we were hoping they'd want to work with us, but we didn't know. So I sent a note and they said, yes, of course we want to work with you. They've been absolutely um, terrific to work with as a partner. They were great about publicizing the event, putting the event together as well. And the space was absolutely perfect. And they'll be, I assume, doing more concerts and more things as well in the future. It's a terrific space. I wish if we can do it again and again and again. Uh, I think if that happened oftenly, uh, that would be a great contribution for us to develop and for also for the other uh, site to also get, gain knowledge and gain new artists and they can also expand their business towards um, the artists. Yeah, my, my impression is this is not the first, this is just the beginning. We'll talk about the symposium when we come back. This is MTSU on the record. NTSU's Jewish and Holocaust Studies minor offers undergraduate students a chance to study the culture and religion of the Jewish people and the Holocaust in an interdisciplinary program. Studies include history and culture, theology and philosophy, and the arts and social sciences. Courses tackle vital topics central to local and global awareness, including multiculturalism and the meanings of diversity, religious tolerance, and genocide. For the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. The Intercultural and Diversity Affairs Center helps to promote awareness and understanding of the wide variety of cultures represented at MTSU. The center provides information, referrals, and resources. Additionally, IDAC tries to make students from different cultures feel welcome and comfortable on campus so they can have every opportunity to fulfill their academic, social, and personal potential. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. Our guests are Dr. Sean Foley, a professor of history, and Ragad, a disc jockey in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, talking about a concert that was staged in mid-March in Jeddah that uh, showcased the independent music scene in Saudi Arabia. And there was a, a symposium associated with the concert. Sean, what sorts of topics were discussed? It, it was a crazy two-day period. We had the concert that went to, I think, about midnight on Tuesday. And the next day yeah. on Wednesday, we had the symposium. Now, the symposium wasn't a large, when you think symposium or conference, you think a large event with hundreds of people. We had a select event with select people who were musicians. We also had people who were involved in the issue. We had a lawyer, we had lawyers, for instance, from a law firm. We also had musicians who didn't perform, Kusai, um, being one person who was involved in it as well. Wasim, as I mentioned earlier, Wasim Omran. And what we did is we set it up in a, in a room it's like a group of 20, 30 people. It wasn't a large group. We set them up in a circle. And the circle A was to promote discussion, but also to, pro to, to make it seem like a cultural institution that's very important to the kingdom called the Majlis. And you see ma a, a Majlis in almost every house um, in the kingdom. You see them in public places. It's, a, it's basically a place where people can gather and talk. And we wanted to recreate that and create an opportunity where people in the kingdom, they can begin to brainstorm. We had Kusai and others talk about their experiences. He's a very important artist in his own right, one of the first really important 
um, musicians, in, uh, contemporary musicians in the kingdom with a global following. He talked about his experiences, including um, being a disc jockey in Vermont in the United States. We then um, had different speakers talk about the legal issues, about what, what needs to be done for legal and for copyright issues, for instance, um, how scheduling was going to be done, how artists are going to be paid, those types of issues. We also had a special session, which um, Hamsa um, Hasawi, who we mentioned earlier, and John talked about songwriting. And for me, the highlight of the day came at the end. We had a separate musician lead this. I sat in the background. We had a discussion. We separated everybody out into groups in the teams to discuss different issues. What are the challenges that the music industry um, faces? What are the opportunities that it has? What are its strengths? What are its needs? And, and the, probably the strongest one was the um, discussion of education and the need to develop more skills for education in the kingdom, something already um, that's been noted that's being done by the government, but also other skills as well, that there are enormous investments that are now being done, I should add, basically from grade level onward, that music is for the first time in many, many years being integrated into the curriculum. And indeed, people are dying for music education, both online and in person. And I hope in the future, both our recording um, in industry department but also our music, our school of music, I think there are tremendous opportunities to have those people who are going to be teaching those come to the United States um, and study with us and other universities. And again, benefit from our exceptional talent um, that we have in those departments, but also from the exceptional talent with tourism. Everybody knows Saudi Arabia is an oil dependent economy or it has been. Vision 2030 envisions developing new industries, including creative industries like music so that the kingdom doesn't have to depend on when oil is high um, for its economy. And that's something that's also coming as well. Indeed, they hope to emerge as a music superpower. People think in, 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 a, in a way of working together as a group and as a community. Part of uh, the title bar was building a sound ecosystem was the title of our grant. And, yeah. and part of what you could hear there is Saudis themselves developing their own ecosystem. Um, it's a terrific thing to see and to watch and I'm in awe of it. Um, I come from a, a musical tradition. My, my grandfather was in vaudeville and my father's a writer and a poet. So um, I see a connection to my own family tradition when I see this as well. Dr. Yes, Sean Foley and Ragad in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. Thank you so much for this fascinating international discussion here on MTSU on the record. We'll be right back. The mission of the June Anderson Center for Women and Non-Traditional Students is to provide education, advocacy, direct services, outreach, and programming for the MTSU campus and surrounding community on gender-related issues. The center also assists older students who are trying to balance work, college, and family. It also sponsors a monthly legal clinic, career brown bag series, book club, and a newsletter twice a year. For all of the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. The Concrete Industry Management Program at MTSU fills the need for trained personnel who know concrete technology and techniques. Our alumni go into the marketplace grounded in basic math and science and able to promote products or services related to the industry. Our participation in the academic common market ensures talented students in other states a chance to enroll on an in-state tuition basis. To find out more information on this or other university programs, visit mtsunews.com. Jimmy Hart has the middle moment. Longtime MTSU management professor Dr. Millicent Nelson was recently named one of the state's top educators by the Greater Nashville Alliance of Black Educators, specifically the Outstanding Higher Educator of the Year for 2022. 
Here's Nelson about her passion for teaching. It has just been so rewarding to, to teach um, minority students and be a role model for them and, all, and just be an advocate in, in many cases for them. But in addition to that, because our students are going to be going out into a, a diverse work environment and they're going to have people of all races and nationalities and genders and sexual orientation. A lot of our students, as you know, at MTSU come from Tennessee and small towns in Tennessee, and they may not have a lot of exposure to that diversity. And so it became even more important uh, for me as a minority professor in a PWI to have that influence not only on minority students, but on majority students as well. That's MTSU on the Record. I'm Jenna Logue. Thanks for listening. MTSU On The Record, a news and information program about Middle Tennessee State University, is produced by the university's Marketing and Communications Office, which is solely responsible for its content. Read more about MTSU at our website, mtsunews.com. Podcasts of this program are available at mtsunews.com and on iTunes.